Two Bowls in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Two Bowls in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Um, I was actually feeling pretty good until I saw water in my basement again. But oh, <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> the battle continues. That, gift that never stops giving. Stupid, shitty lines from fucking Illinois. Ugh. I thought what is it, the line from Jurassic Park? Uh, life finds a way. Right, the tree roots find a way. Apparently, tree roots find a way. <laughs> oh God, that's so annoying. Ooh, ouch. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I've I've never had to deal with that problem myself before. I hope you don't ever either, because it's not fun. Not fun. We just chop down the tree and you can be done with it. I I mean, if they can get the roots cleared out now, then yes. Otherwise, they have to dig everything up and replace it to the actual connection point. It happens to be in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And in Illinois, uh, apparently the homeowners are responsible up to the connection point. So you, you'd pay to dig up the road and then pay to replace the road? Yeah, yeah. Does it have to be up to their standards or can you just be like, oh, no, they sent an inspector out the last work I had done. So, yes, it does. <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Best part is it's 12 feet underground, too. Oh, oh. Yeah. Where's that? Don- where's that donation link at? <laughs> <laughs> it's Illinois soil. It's all soft. Yeah. It's not like yeah. Desert soil where you got to get a jackhammer no, to dig. No cliche, at least. Yeah. But anyway, enough of that. Anyway, yeah. come on to the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut our losses. If you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links for you in the episode description, but the best place to be is come on over to the Discord server. Amazing people on there every day. It's really just an awesome place to be. Totally free. Aren't any paid tiers or special access areas, because fuck that shite. So when you do get on that Discord server... You just go ahead, send Kyle a private message or email with your mailing address, and we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. We're really just glad you It's a lot of fun. It's always better with friends. Which brings us, uh, Kyle, we got any show news to report? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Monday, we've got Eric Mason getting released. Uh, it's our mm. second round with, uh, with our favorite economist from Quincy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'll be recording with Biko from T- Trade Pro next week, and Leo the week after that. Uh, the next recording of Trade Runners and Roundtable episodes will be over Valentine's, and I did a guest spot with Flarry on his new uh, podcast on YouTube, Globex on the Rocks. Nice. Uh, that should be coming out here in a little bit. Do you know that we were the 
first people to have him on the podcast? No. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad yes. we were nice to him. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he said that the experience uh, uh, filling in for you that one time and then uh, the other times we collaborated with them, he said that's what gave him the bug to want to do it himself. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, an inspiration to them all. Right? No, I'm, I'm, that, 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 that means a lot. Flurry, yeah. I'm glad you are prospering. It's so easy. Anybody can do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, what about you, Dan? What you got going on? I am just today releasing the first episode of my Conspiracy History podcast. Uh, we'll go ahead and throw the link to that in the description for you. Give that a listen. It should be what I think is a pretty good time. Uh, <laughs> talking about, uh, you know, the conspiracies in history that you probably haven't heard of yet. Yeah, I know the one you uh, you were talking about. I I've been specifically not Googling it because I want to I want to hear the way you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not out there as far as I, I know. It's only been uh, to, uh, communicated to me personally. I, I've been oh. asked to be the, the harbinger <laughs> and let the world know about this truth. Also, find out how they did it so we can try to recreate that. Oh, well, well, you know, they've they've done it more recently with electricity and nuclear power. We, we can. Turn Mercury into gold, Kyle. It's possible. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about the Roman times. It had to have been something a little more simplistic to set off a volcano, right? Oh, yeah. You you want to use the method that, that set off a volcano? That's the one you want to go with? Wow. Uh, yeah. You love your risk, man. You love I that know, risk. I just feel like that would be very useful technology to have control of. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. well, you're just going to have to listen to the episode to find out, Kyle. All right. Sounds good. What? Until then, we have got a highfalutin, high-maintenance, hilarious show for you today. <coughs> Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than British people regretting Brexit. Oh. <laughs> oh, low blow. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man, we got to get Anthony back on. Ask him how that's going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I as, as many Australians regretting Brexit. Well, he lives there. You, he lives and works in London now. They're basically the same thing, aren't he they? He lives there. He's got a funky <laughs> accent. It counts. Count it. Yeah. All right. Now that we've alienated all our Australian listeners. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to you next, Canada. Right. <laughs> Reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook and on our Discord. The link to that is in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at financialneptitude.com. That's the number two, bulls at financialneptitude.com. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're just a simple U.S. Marshal trying to track and arrest a man who escaped from his prison transport van. And he just won't shut up about some shaggy-haired amputee. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that one's way too easy. Thanks yeah. for the low. Thanks for the softball. I needed one. My confidence yeah. was shaking after the last week. Oh, yeah. Well, well, what is it? The Fugitive. Ah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Ah, oh, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> it's time to talk about the bet results. Okay. Well, okay. Before I tell you the results, I'm going to mm -hmm. leave this up to you. Okay. Since we only got two weeks in for, for this month, should we roll it over to February and give Random a chance to catch up? Um, sure. 
Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> BP opened at 36.54, barely above our line to go long. We wanted it long above 36.50. Uh, after we went long, it did nothing really but fall off from there, of course, and stopped us out at $35 on Thursday. Total for January ends at $570.01. And random, as we all know, went long on PBI. They mm-hmm. opened at 420 on Monday and closed the week at 464. And that gives random $590.88. Welcome back, what? random. Yeah. Oh, so well. I'm glad you decided to extend it because otherwise we'd be doing something we silly. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, how did how, what was the one I was going to pick? Target? How'd they do? Target did very well. Uh, if we had gone with Salesforce, my other Your one, other pick, yeah, my other pick, that would have put us at six hundred and twelve, I think. So, so yeah, never switch hands when the hand is hot. That that's the lesson I learned. Yeah, that's a good lesson. Yeah, yeah, good lesson. yeah. Look at Salesforce, four uh, percent for the week. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. Uh, we'll do well, better this week. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Hey, at least we're still All, right. All right. Before we get started talking about the news, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, sponsors and friends at Manscaped, Trade Pro Academy, and Orderflow Labs. By now, we all know Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. But did you know they just launched a line of beard care products? Luckily for you, we have an exclusive offer of 20% off and you get free worldwide shipping using the promo code two bulls at manscaped.com as always that's the number two bulls at manscaped.com and when it comes to institutional quality trading education take a look at tradeproacademy.com in our free discord server you'll find instructions to take advantage of our discount with them as well and for all those degenerates who enjoy trading futures you'll definitely want to check out the custom tools and studies at orderflowlabs.com orderflowlabs.com where the order goes to flow <laughs> and not that flow no <laughs> no she's busy with mark ham i think <laughs> <laughs> all right should we play a song uh yeah yeah let's let's talk about some news Dow drops deep on moving inflation covid frustration war damnation we're just bringing you the fucking news you gotta recognize the game if you don't want to lose we're just Trading information. There yeah, we are. Rioters raiding, oh. insider trading, taxes mm. are raising, bills mm-hmm. on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Man, you really mixed a good song, man. Oh, thank you. I'm st- I'm still looking forward for your first rap album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, instead of a rap album, I'm do- going to do uh, Moby Dick the musical, like like they did for Hamilton. Can you do it uh, in the style of Moby? No, that's just too clever. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah if if it, do people even know who moby is still i, like, I is, is he still in- 
doing stuff. Uh, I don't know. Probably not the people who go to musicals either. Yeah. Movie. Did he join the Blue Man Group? He always <laughs> looked like he was one of them that wasn't in costume. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I think I think that I think you just stumbled on episode three of my conspiracy history podcast. Oh, nice. I'll write it out for you. The the conspiracy. Yeah. I'll tell it to you so you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, well, what's the big news then this week? What um, should we start with? I think the Fed talked about a thing. Did they do a thing today to, or this week? Wednesday? Uh, they did. Uh, yeah, they did a 25 bit hike, which was uh, pretty much in line with what was expected. Um, the interesting part of that, though, is that it, I guess people were taking that as being like a more of a dovish stance than than they were seeing before. Mm. I think some of it had to do with some of the language that was removed from the statement, like the uh, the any references to COVID-19 and supply chain driven uh, uh, causes for the inflation uh, were both removed. So either that means that those problems have been licked or they figured out that they didn't contribute at all. So it's got to be one or the other. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that was, uh, let's see, the other thing that was kind of clear in the speeches that I listened to, because I listened to Powell's press conference, he was pretty clear about saying there'd be no rate cuts in 23. Uh, bond market disagrees, but I'm not sure how much they're going to be disagreeing now that NFP came out. Mm, yeah. Uh, you had something about uh, the way the investors were looking at that, didn't you? Or the rate? Yeah, the rate cuts. Um, yeah. Fed's Powell says no rate cuts this year. Market Here's it differently. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we all trust, we trust them so much. And everything they say is exactly what is reflected in reality. So, you know, right. it only makes sense if they say no cuts this year. People are going to be like, oh, that's them saying there's going to be some cuts this year. Right. <laughs> um, now, this, this is, they've been, you know, doing some aggressive policy tightening some would say the most aggressive in 40 years you know yeah at some point they're gonna have to ease off the reins yeah uh, yeah and and they have been i guess you know they, they've been ratcheting up their own estimates for how high they would push these interest rates over and over and over again mm -hmm. and they've given no signals rates would get cut at all right uh so why not factor a couple in you know then we'll yeah. have them well, I mean, that's the that's the bond market betting, right? I, I, I guess, yeah. I think I think Robert made uh, he wrote a nice article that shared with us uh, about a month or so ago, uh, explaining how that whole thing works. Like looking at the the is it the yield curves? Ah, I don't. Know. I have to pull it up. Uh, but yeah, there there was definitely something factoring it in there. Uh, not believing that the Fed is going to continue on the path that they're on, but I I, I wouldn't bet against Powell at this case. And then if you uh, throw in the, the NFP report that just came out uh, this morning, uh, I don't know if you're paying attention to that, but uh, they were expecting to add somewhere around like 190K jobs and ended up being 517. Oh. Yeah. So the Ooh. Fed's war on labor, it looks like they're not really winning that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, average hourly earnings were only up 0.3% though. So I guess that's better. Um, but the interesting thing I found, a, a 
story that not only made references to Captain Kirk and uh, playing three-dimensional chess against Khan, but also yes. talked about some of the <laughs> some of the faults in in the uh, labor metrics that the Fed's relying on. They're calling it the the Phillips curve, which links low unemployment to rising inflation. And they're saying that this is an archaic construction. Because they believe that the labor shortage is actually a demographic problem, not an economic one. The higher wages are because we don't have enough people to enter the workforce. So we either need more people coming over here from overseas or other places or more technical solutions to basically take up the slack of the less people that are there, like the automated fryers at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I know uh, in the Bay Area when just a few years ago they were already opening up restaurants where it was like uh, you're your own waiter, like bust the table yourself, right? Like, like a restaurant, but basically like a fast food style, right? Do you get to tip yourself too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are allowed to tip yourself as much as you want, and but you do have to report those tips on your income. Yeah, and the, I think the the restaurant <laughs> takes ten percent of that. Yeah, whatever, whatever you're tipping uh, yourself, we give us give us ten percent. Yeah, they probably still the have the twenty percent gratuity on there, <laughs> right? That's for, yeah. for our kitchen staff. <laughs> but yeah, so um, this latest jobs report has got uh, looks like it's pretty much spooked investors because, like you said, like when the Powell uh, speech was coming out, like investors were not listening to that at all. They were bidding that thing up. Yeah. Uh, Friday, a bit of a different story. Looks like finally ran into to some sellers. Mm-hmm. I was paying more attention to BBBY. On oh, Friday. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm like, All right. oh, well, how did the, how did the S&P do on Friday? Let me look that up. <laughs> Wasn't even paying attention. I think we probably ended right about where we started. I'm looking at uh, $411.94 yeah, uh, for the ETF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not mm-hmm. quite a not quite a doji. Basically, close where it open. But yeah, that's the uh, the two main things that I wanted to cover. What do you what else you got for us? Um, on general news, uh, was both my stories about the FDIC um, and having a credibility issue. <laughs> uh, i kind of want uh, to hear that things things uh uh do appear to be like like we could hit a soft landing is is the general consensus from a lot mm-hmm. of the new different articles i've been reading um to quote uh thomas haining uh former fdic vice chairman uh he went on uh excuse me he went on fox business to, to talk um he was saying uh market is saying the fed's done and inflation's coming down uh, uh now and that they're going to start to think about lowering rates again before the end mm-hmm. of the year and like the fed is just flat out being like no we're just getting started we want to make sure you understand we're just getting started and so we're going to keep rates up and the dis- the discussions inside the fed will be how long do we keep them elevated uh, the market has led the Fed for over a decade and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you have the market kind of pushing them to ease more quickly than they might otherwise. And the Fed has a, their credibility problem. So he's questioning if they're going to stick to their guns uh, uh, for the good part of this year or uh, going to have to 
follow or are they going to you know let the market lead them again right okay so the credibility is the fact that the market doesn't believe them i think is what you're Yes. But he's getting yes. that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. The market does not believe the Fed whatsoever. Which... Because if if you're questioning like what they've been saying versus what they've been doing, they've been saying the very clear, consistent message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're raising rates. We'll do it again. Like if people don't believe them, that's you know, not because of anything the Fed has done. At least not recently. Yeah. Well, hopefully those opinions will be transitory. <laughs> they probably are. God damn it. <laughs> All right, should we move on and talk about some uh some stock news? Yeah, let's do it. Or should we do some advertisements first? <gasps> Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Woo! Capitalism. Yay. All right. it's, it's not feudalism. No. <laughs> it's futileism. <laughs> <laughs> and a song. Now it's talk about stocks time Looking for setups and still not advice Big moves, fresh news and earnings All that we're saying is still not advice Stocks time Please don't sue us Alright, what should we start off with here? Uh, you know what? It's uh, your dealer's choice Alright, um, let's see, Ford um, uh, I was looking through the, uh, this article that talks in about their, their fourth quarter earnings, mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday, they reported net income fell 90%, 90% from a year earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
the comp- <laughs> company officials uh, said that the automakers' costs are too high and they pledge more belt tightening this year. Uh, the CEO, Jim Farley, he said that they should have done better last year and they left about $2 billion in profits on the table that were within its control. Said the this is this is the actual quote that he said here. These are the simple facts, and I'm and to say I'm frustrated is an understatement because the year could have been so much more for us at Ford. We have deeply entrenched issues in our industrial system that have been proven tough to root out. Uh, the strength of our products and revenue has masked this dysfunctionality for a long time. So it um, looks like it's all tying back into that that global shortage of computer chips. Um, at the end of last year, that cost them production of roughly 100,000 vehicles that could have been sold. But the other funny thing that I saw that CFO John Lawler, John Lawler said, mm-hmm. our, uh, he said, our cost structure is not competitive and our quality is not where it needs to be. Uh, he and Farley had said there'd be more white collar layoffs and the company needs to cut manufacturing and warranty costs. But <laughs> basically he's saying that the, the price and quality of their products is not in line with the price they're charging. That's not something, uh, you know, management of a company says about their products very often in an earnings call. Yeah, that's different. Right? Wow. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, do do they make, do we make better quality products, sir? Or should we just start charging less? (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. Well, you can charge less because you're paying too much to produce the, the lower quality stuff to begin with. I guess you have to make it higher quality and hopefully you don't have to. Hopefully you can do it for the same price that you've been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. But yeah, yeah the stock's well, not been huh. did not react too well to that news. Maybe they'll figure out a new way to make vehicles. They can <laughs> right. 3D print them. That seems to work for people. <laughs> Oh boy! So, so yeah, should have been short and Ford today, huh? Uh, well, yesterday. Um, yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. down eight percent uh, today. Mm. Looks like they had quite a volatile day. Pretty yeah, decent Friday, range. Friday. Ooh. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the big ones that caught my eye. What about you? Uh, you remember we were talking about uh, Adani over in <laughs> India? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> they which. What was it uh, the Hindenburg research yeah, came yep, out and gave it. it their short re- report. Well, the Adani group, they firmly denied all these accusations, hmm. called them a lie from the Madoffs of Manhattan. That's the Hindenburg, oh. the Madoffs oh. of Manhattan. I thought Madoff was in Manhattan, man. Like, wasn't he a New York guy? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm only partway through the, the documentary on Netflix. Yeah. I'm just saying that's, 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 that's weird to me. Live from the Madoffs of Manhattan. It's like, wait, what? But he's from Manhattan. So I'm, I'm confused. Anyway, hmm. probably not the part of the story you're supposed to get. No, no. <laughs> like, but, uh, like, it's like referencing that the queen is from England. Like, oh, <laughs> the queen of live from the queen of England. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, uh, turns out. Donnie uh, has some investors from Wall Street. You might be shocked to learn uh, Vanguard and BlackRock both uh, have have a big interest. Um, Vanguard owns 0.75% of Adani and BlackRock owns 0.57%, which sounds small until you remember how it's a big huge company. of a conglomerate this is. 
Um, yeah. yeah, they did not respond to a, a request for comment from CNBC. Uh, no word on whether or not they're going to dump that stock. But uh, like any other giant, giant conglomerate, it's it's like got the spider web effect where like everybody's right. got a piece of the pie. So it maybe it, they'll it, buy the dip. Buy, buy the dip. <laughs> Do a black rock. Buy that. Buy that dip. Um, and and to me, it, it's what it struck me because it, it, it speaks to the real danger of having these large companies be so fraudulent is mm. that that domino effect. Like everything's so interconnected, and you have one big company that's fraudulent. Well, it's owned by all of these other companies, including companies like Vanguard and BlackRock that will run a pension. Right. You know, and it just, it really sucks. really sucks. I saw saw something that popped up this morning. I guess the CEO or the, the, whatever the guy's name is. Is it the guy's name, Adani too? Yeah. It's his last name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw him jumping on the news, trying to like calm investors on Thursday and apparently had the complete opposite effect. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The fact that he's out there, calm down, calm down. It it made me think of that scene from when uh, Fry takes over from the the 80s Wall Street broker that was running the company. Yeah. 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 He taught me everything I know. Everything I know. (laughs) (laughs) Some things I had to learn for myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i don't think that one's done fallen i am really curious to hear uh if anybody starts digging into the allegations from that Hindenburg report i would i i'm really curious to know if there is you know smoke to that fire you got to think so right well i haven't heard any stories of them filing lawsuits so <laughs> not yet no i'm gonna have to say yeah <laughs> Yeah, there might be a tire fire out in the backyard. We don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I got one other quick one. I'll jump on oh, here. Uh, real quick yeah. before oh, we yeah. move on yeah, yeah, from yeah. that. Uh, you know, if this guy really believes in his company and there's nothing there, like, wouldn't you expect him and like his family to ju- like be buying up all these shares as they're sold off? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, why not? Like... Hey, it's a fire sale. All right. Hey, if you don't want this shares anymore, I'll buy them from you. Like I know we're on the up and up, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's because uh, Adani. Uh, he he holds sixty four percent of Adani Enterprises. That's yeah, a pretty so. big piece. So, I, I, oof, man, can you imagine watching your net worth fall, like having that much of your capital tied up into one thing? Yeah. <laughs> oof. I, I've been there and done that, Kyle. And I got a car accident, and I was like, "Oh, there goes my net worth." Oh, that's Shit. sad. It's uh, all tied up in that car. Yeah, all mine's tied up in a sewer line. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, all right. the The last one I had was uh, uh, just a quick one on um, Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, And the only thing that I really took from this story was that you should not say challenging economy more than six times in an earnings statement. (laughs) More than six? Yeah. (laughs) Apparently seven is too many because, yeah, they're saying the stock got roasted after he said challenging economic conditions. I think it was what it was seven times in his earnings call. Wow. Didn't uh, Apple actually uh, miss their earnings? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. The, uh, let me see if I can actually see the the earnings. Uh, one point eight eight versus one point nine four. iPhone revenue sixty five point seven billion versus sixty eight point three expected. Mac revenue seven point seven billion versus nine point seven two expected. iPad did better nine point four versus seven point seven expected. And wearables thirteen point four billion versus fifteen point three. And then yeah. services was pretty much in line. Uh, they were trying to say that China demand is gaining steam uh, and they got 50 billion cash in the books, which is nice. But uh, they did not give any March quarter revenue guidance. And that mm-hmm. is not usually a good thing. And and uh, how are the economic conditions? Uh, challenging, to say the <sighs> least. To say the least. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a quick one for Apple. But for the thing that's been holding the markets up for so long, it's starting to show some signs of weakness yeah i guess if you're a lemonade stand you don't want your earnings call to be like it's below freezing (laughs) (laughs) weather's looking snowy unless you're inside right then you get the yellow popsicles oh (laughs) oh wow i do not want to uh i'm not frequenting your lemonade stand anymore kyle probably a good idea (laughs) all right what else we got full of roots uh, you know, the jury's back uh, right before we started recording. The jury issued their decision on whether or not Elon Musk should be held liable for losses suffered by investors after he posted those Twitter messages that he secured that funding to take Tesla private. Right. And then didn't. A, a jury of his peers, which. Oh, how do you take, find 12 take... billionaires to, to sit on a jury? <laughs> Well, see, I was going to say it's just the court proving that you're not any different than everybody else, Musk, just because you have all your billions. It wasn't just full of CEOs and... <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Of course he didn't do anything Warren, wrong. Warren Buffett. Yeah, they deliberated <laughs> for a whole... It's a whole two hours they deliberated. <laughs> they deliberated until they ran out of champagne. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, they found uh, Musk not guilty. Doesn't yeah. Not to bear the lead. Uh, yeah, he is not liable whatsoever. Kind of surprising, because um, uh, it looked like they had a pretty strong case from the little bit I was following. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are always interesting to me, the investor losses cases. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the burden of proof is, but... I think it's, it's something the... more than having the video of them saying, watch me fuck with these retail investors. I think you need something like that, time-stamped from before the tweet <laughs> right right and they also um, has to have his id clearly in frame clean, clearly in frame right right <laughs> yeah. uh no what, I, what i'm wondering is is like if if he held tesla like and sold it at the right time he wouldn't have lost money yeah so is 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 the suit predicated on like i bought this stock and then as soon as i heard this i you know i sold it like I don't. Well, no, I think people are buying it because he was um, he was telling everyone he was going to go private at a premium, like a twenty four percent premium to the current share price. Oh, so they woke up and started buying it like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, not guilty. Yeah. I guess the real question is: Did what sort of trades did Elon make during that time period? Or Elon's brother would be the better litmus <laughs> test, I think. <laughs> Elon's brother sell out after that news. Yeah, yeah, we just gotta follow that guy. He he's it's got like, the oh, great you're, timing. You're gonna buy it for twenty four percent? I'll take twenty. That's good enough for me. I'll let somebody else have it. <laughs> right. I really need the money now. 
jeez. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you had one more that would explain oh. a, a trade that I made. Yes, today. I do have <laughs> one more. Um, Nordstrom stock has been soaring, to use Seeking Alpha's terminology. Uh, Nord- Nordstrom that. soared on Friday, JWN, uh, after reports indicated that none other than Ryan Cohen has taken a stake in the department store operator. And he plans, Kyle, wait for it, to push for changes. Do you think they'll listen to him? No. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they do. Yeah, I woke up this morning and I saw that the stock was up 27%. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? This is literally the day after I sold a covered call on my last 100 shares. (laughs) The day after. The day after. Do you know how to time it or what? I've yeah, yeah. So I think you'll be picking this week's bet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No and pressure. I I haven't gone into a Nordstrom's, but there is a Nordstrom rack uh, a couple stores down from the bookstore that I frequent, and mm-hmm. it is always busy here. I uh, don't even know what Nordstrom even is. They're they're like a they're, clothing they make clothes, right? Okay, it, oh, I guess I do know what they are. Like a J.C. Penny for rich people. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, that seems like something that should hold up well in a challenging economy. Yeah, luxury clothing. Yeah, <laughs> actually, luxury clo- luxury goods usually do well in a challenging economy because the rich people usually still have money. because uh, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. No problems here, people. Yeah. yeah. Keep, move along. Not the sea. Nothing to see. The rest of us. <laughs> oh, Gilded Age. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, should we uh, should we move on to some crypto? I guess yeah. I guess we can talk about some crypto. Let's do it. I got some crypto in my wallet, hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet, some Doji sushi polka dot. NFT Decentralized Anonymized Fabulous Cryptocurrency Alright, you want to lead us off on this one? Uh, Sure, sure It seems like one of the most profitable things you can do In the cryptocurrency world Is to steal some Yes (laughs) North Korea-backed hackers last year still 1.7 billion dollars of cryptocurrencies oh my god yeah that's that's 44 percent of the entire total of all stolen cryptocurrencies last year due to hacking really yeah biggest year ever for crypto hacking 3.8 billion stolen Holy obviously 44 percent of it north korea so i mean I don't want to call cryptocurrency traders, uh, you know, fun, funders of terrorism, but <laughs> it seems that uh, you're just you're just helping North Korea, man. Don't don't buy that Ethereum. It's it's funny that that story comes out like literally a couple of days after I saw one. I saw something talking about like how all the rich oligarchs get their money from. And a lot of it is from scamming people, too. I don't know if it's necessarily with crypto, but like a lot of the like the scams you get from like India, like 
those types of things. Like apparently that's how a lot of Russian oligarchs got their money. And it's the people who are like the spies, like they learn how to do this, the state hacking stuff for the, the government. Then they go home and moonlight and do it themselves and, and build up a nice war chest for themselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, there's a real problem with state run, like hacking and scamming. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Well, all grown up now. Um, <laughs> yikes. So so it's like the, the government teaches them to do it, and then they're like, oh. We'll just... Yeah, it has them doing it for them. It's good. Go and then they life. go home, and they're like, well, since I already know how to do this, I guess I might as well do it some more. <laughs> right. <laughs> might as well reap some of the benefits myself. What am I trying to earn an honest buck for? It seems like this, this dishonest buck is a lot easier to earn. It seems like there's a lot more of them. <laughs> Uh, fucking morals. Yeah, who knew? All right, well, the next, the story that I had that I wanted to talk about uh, is going to be kind of difficult now because apparently it's behind a paywall now. It wasn't when I was looking at it this morning. Uh-oh. Uh, there's a guy named John Griffin. He's a professor of finance at the University of Texas McCombs School of Business. And back in 2017, I think this was, he had noticed how there seemed to be some rampant manipulation in the uh, uh, crypto world on Bitcoin itself. And I'm going to have to speak from memory here because uh, I can't read the blurred lines that are <laughs> on my screen. Normally you can just scroll past it, but uh, it's, he says that he's seen signs that it looks like it's happening again. And he specifically pointed out to the bottom that Bitcoin had uh, right around 16 K. I think it was like it traded. And he said in a really tight range had extremely low volatility for you know, it's historical movements. And, and it was also during a pretty um, suspect time to not have volatility. Uh, mm -hmm. That being, you know, the collapse of three errors capital, the uh, SBFs uh, meltdown and all the other crypto exchanges that were, uh, you know, dying, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So the fact that this thing managed to hold 16,000 and trade in such a tight range, and then jump 26%, you know, recently, uh, he says it's very, very suspicious. Hmm. Now, I mean, on the other hand, it could be that uh, they're just seeing more institutional adoption of it, and that's just providing it more stability. But mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Huh. Well, you know, it, everything. The the more longer we've gone through learning the ins and outs of everything, it feels like everything is subject to some sort of scamming or manipulation. Yeah. So I would not, I'm not shocked to hear it in the, in the slightest. And especially that being the wild west, of you know, trading these days, without much regulation, it just makes it too. I mean, we've already seen that, you know, this stuff happens when there is regulation, mm -hmm. <laughs> regulatory mm -hmm. agencies out there watching. We still see it like Iceland's uh, banking collapse. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of that. This thing going on with the Donnie, uh, mm -hmm. You know, you take away that regulation and there's even less incentive to play by the rules. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like they want the price to go up. So if that's the case, then at least you know the direction they're going with. Don't fight them. <laughs> that would be my, <laughs> my thoughts. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was something that's kind of shocking. I'll have to see if I can do some more research into that and find out more about the actual thing that happened. Maybe try to get him, get him on the show. I don't know. He's a devout Christian now, so I don't know. Oh. I don't know if I like our 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 sense of humor. 
Are you saying our sense of humor is ungodly? When I went on Flaherty's podcast, I told him a Navy toast for the start of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. All right. Now what? You know what? Um, Charlie Munger, the Ooh. Warren Buffett's right hand man, um, famously called Bitcoin rat poison <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, that the guy who argued the entire industry is partly fraud and partly delusion. Mm. Uh, uh, he may have likened other cryptocurrencies to a type of venereal disease. Uh, he's lobbying the federal government to step in and, and just ban it all like China did. Oh, really? Yeah, he's saying it's not a currency, not a commodity, not a security. Instead, it's a gambling contract with nearly 100% edge for the house. Oh. So, so I guess, read between the lines, he's saying if you want to make money in crypto, you got to mint your own coin. Or bet with the house. You know, you, you have to be Wait, you house. can't do you that, can you? You bet with yeah. the house. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Make Sorry, it's coin. been a while since I gambled. yeah well when was the last time you were trading futures oh that's not gambling anymore uh better not i guess it was last week (laughs) (laughs) it it is if you're trading on wednesday yeah (laughs) i didn't trade wednesday actually well well, there you go that yeah but we'll get to that here in a minute after we talk about god (laughs) you got me did we just shoot ourselves I thought, the, I thought you hit me. Oh, fuck, that hurt. I guess it must have ricocheted. <laughs> right off of my sternum. I, I was trying to shoot you in the dick, and I hit your belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I guess I'll go first then. All right. um, my good, I would say, is uh, I got a new uh, eval account. I, I went through the exercise that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. put together my plan for how I'm going to trade it. And my entire focus for this eval account is going to be on executing the plan that I wrote down. That's it. I'm trying to not worry about the the results. And uh, I've actually been feeling a shift in my, I guess, the inner monologue that happens when I'm in trades. Mm-hmm. For the first time this week, I think, was the first time I didn't hear that negative voice saying, like, you know, criticizing uh, every trade I tried to make. Like this was the first time where I felt more at peace with the decision, even on the losing trade. Like I was like, oh, okay, well, that's what the strategy called for. I'll get another one. So I felt really good about following that. Uh, the only thing I had was one missed trade and which would have probably brought me closer to break even. And even though the PL didn't necessarily reflect the results of me following my setups, uh, I'm still happy in my execution. And if I can keep doing that, I think that the PL will follow. Yeah. What about you, man? Did you do any trading this week? I I attempted to trade, and uh, I'm I, I do I do need to set up uh, my uh, get my account going again just so I could be paper trading uh, futures. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm I was looking at the BBBY and you know a lot of retail yeah attention and and love for it still, and you know and it it got that price back up to like three and a half mm-hmm. and so it's friday morning i'm looking and i'm like okay this is gonna I'm, I'm gonna buy a contract expiring next week because this is gonna 
you know, do it. Uh, it's going to do the same thing again. I'm just going to make the same play again. Right. Um, and I go and the, the contracts are trading at 31 cents. And I'm like, well, I got them at 30 cents last time. So I'll, I'll get it, get it 30 cents again. And I put in my trade and then I just set it down and walk away. And then I, I open it up and uh, never got filled. And it was up at like, they were up at 39 cents. Ah, as BBBY dropped through the day. Yeah, that's why I said, yeah. I was like, ah, for, all for a penny, Dan? All right. for a penny? <laughs> you missed the whole trade? You don't even yeah. have a single contract because you wanted a penny better? Oh, you bastard. Oh, uh, I hate that. But doing, right? But did you chase it? No, no, I did not. I did the right thing. And, and I even had that in my head. Like, Dan, if the boat left the dock, you going to jump in and doggy paddle after it? No. Yes. No. Wait, <laughs> yes, no. I will. <laughs> that's my that's my best swim stroke. Right. Uh, no, fucking good job, man. That is a big win. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they, as that's I said, hard not to do. Right. As I, I told Jamie Lynn, as she was walking out the door and we were talking about it, I was like, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to pay the premium that should have been my profit. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well said. So that was all the money I was going to make. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I had, I had one like that, uh, a nice setup on the futures that, I had my entry at the point where it needed to be uh, per the plan. And then it missed me by two ticks before taking off and ripping to hit four X. I was like, ah, that hurts. But you know what? There'll be another one. It's okay. It's Don't need to chase it. One. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a, a bad for the week? I didn't. I didn't trade. All right. Like, uh, I, just, I had the attempted trade. Yeah. I think my, my bad was kind of like that too. It was an attempted trade that I thought better of at the last minute. Yeah. Uh, when we recorded the the midweek update with Eric, we looked at meta and he was kind of discussing like how he would play that the way he would take that trade, which was selling a, a covered or selling a call spread uh, to, to try to, you know, take advantage of our uh, bearish thesis on it. Yeah. So I was sizing that up with the uh, parameters that he had mentioned. And then I was, I started thinking about the risk because it was like a 195 call and then buying a 220 call on the upside just to protect you from catastrophic failure. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to risk like 500. I'm going to, I'm going to look to gain 500 if this thing pays out, but I'm risking like 2,500. Uh, like he's got to have another risk management metric part of this that I don't understand. And so luckily, like I thought of that before I put the trade on and I, basically just decided, you know, I'll wait till next, next time we talk. And then I'll find out like how he manages risk on these trades. Yeah. But it was bad that I put the, I started putting the trade on before I even considered the risk management. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got to it, but uh, it should have been probably the first thing I was thinking about. Not, you know, the last. The l- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I can tell you how many trades I've done that exact thing. Right. <laughs> Like, yep, I'm making this trade. Like, oh, wait, yeah. wait risk management? What? What's that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I did have, I guess I had an ugly. Um, I took some spy puts on Thursday because um, after watching the way it sold off from the high, mm-hmm. it just looked way different than the, the uh, points where sellers have been stepping up and trying to defend before. They just had a lot more aggression, a lot more uh, volume, it looked like. Uh, but I forgot about NFP and 
pre-market. My plan was to buy a Monday strike or a Monday expiration. So that way I could hold them through uh, at least Friday and then mm-hmm. maybe Monday, just depending on which way it went. Uh, but yeah, forgetting about that, I probably would have reevaluated that trade idea or been better prepared to trim it in the morning because when it came time to trim, so much of the volatility dropped off of the pricing that it wasn't anywhere near the point that I had calculated uh, pre-market when setting the order in off the open to try to trim half the position. So I ended up having to sit through that major rally and then exit out uh, half of it uh, near the end of the day. Oh, I mean, it was an all or nothing sizing on it. So like I was comfortable losing the entire thing if that happened, but definitely left a chance to take profit uh, early in the morning because of that. And I think that's qualifies as ugly. Yeah. Doesn't matter how long we do this. It's always another way to to fuck up. (laughs) But if we keep doing them and learning from them, eventually there should be fewer of them, right? I mean, that's eventually. that's That's what you hope. Yeah, I mean, well, when did Tim Taylor or Tim the Toolman Taylor? When did his show stop making mistakes and get good at it? Oh yeah, he never did. Oh. Wait, are you sure? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> like that's been my whole model of what we've been doing this past, you know, two years. Like, if, <laughs> if they never actually got good at it, like home improvement, uh, that's I might have to reevaluate that. Well, uh, you know, Al <laughs> Al got good at it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hmm. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we uh, should we move on and do the bet and wrap this thing up? Let's do it. Let's do it. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop. That's not too tight It's bet, pick a time in the shop So pick them right I thrusted for you mm. <laughs> Alright Dan, since you got the hot hand And I almost fucked the whole thing up for us I'll let you, uh, I'll let you lead this one Whew. Okay, well This is gonna, this might sound crazy to you but uh, I really feel like Amazon is um, looking pretty prime. Hmm. Amazon, huh? Mm-hmm. Prime for which? Which way? Uh, I think I think it's I, I'm I'm feeling bullish. I'm feeling bullish on Amazon. I think it gapped up. It filled the gap, and now it's gonna. I think it's gonna run up and uh, back up to one twenty. Um, I don't know if you saw there, there was a massive insider buy or not insider buy, but a massive trade or a bullish trade put on it uh, yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. This, this past week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. How were their earnings? Actually, they had a surprise beat in revenue. Yeah. Earnings weren't that terrible. Um, I think, I think we just saw, uh, the, the break and retest of that one Oh three area. I, I like that. Um, mm. I was going to suggest looking at semiconductors after seeing the way the cell volume came in on XOS, SOXS. Yeah. But uh, what the fuck do I know? 
<laughs> I've just been losing us money. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, where do you want your uh, uh, stop loss at? My what? Oh, okay. Where do you want your take profit at? Yeah, there we go. A million dollars. <laughs> it's going to the moon. Uh, yeah, Amazon <laughs> to the moon. Um, what, what price I, is moon? <laughs> I I would put the stop loss at ninety seven. Oh uh, yeah, I like that. Um, first take profit at one fourteen. Second one at one twenty. All right. And then let's see that. What about a random stock? I have NASDAQ Consumer Durables. And, ooh, that is interesting. P-O-W-L. Powell. Yeah. Uh, only because it's Powell Industries, I'm going to let this low volume one go. <laughs> Normally, I cut it off if it doesn't have at least a million. Ooh, wow. Is this, okay. Does this have anything to do with Jerome Powell? Powell Industries, it is uh, manufacturers electric products. They just, and they manipulators just of markets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, engages in the development, design, manufacture, and provision of services of custom engineered products and systems. That sounds like a lot of jibber jabber. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it, its products include integrated power control room substation, custom engineered modules, transitory electrical houses. What? No, I just, I made trans. <laughs> oh, you almost got me. Yeah, I, I tried. It's, <laughs> uh, it looks pretty, it looks pretty bullish, man. It really does. It really does. Where, where was I in November picking it up at $25 right. a share? Now it's at 45 Maybe all the buyers have, are done. Maybe. They rushed in because of this earnings. It does have a nice gap down at. Uh, like 30 bucks or 28 but that's a ways away from where we're at mm. all right well that one should be fun Random really knows what they're doing man all right well at least the buy volume's tapering off there was a nice uh well, i don't know maybe not <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at the weekly chart right now it looks it's actually pr printed a demand zone on the weekly oh god damn it yeah that's right, how much well, <laughs> Well, if we're smart, we'll be investing in fucking random. <laughs> it's, it's Powell Industries. He's got the insider himself. How can you not go long on Powell? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, all right, folks. That's going to bring us to the end of the episode. We want to thank everybody for coming by, but we got to close up shop. So as always, like, share, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your pets, tell your pets' enemies. Look us up wherever podcasts are found. We'll be back at you soon. Until then, happy trades. Bye, everybody. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.